Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host, Morgan Shepard, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. Welcome to the podcast. Today, our special guest is Caitlin Del Duca. She's a certified fitness, nutrition, and fashion specialist. Hi. Welcome. So tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I think that it's actually really funny. I was thinking about this the other day when somebody asked me, and I feel like the best way to explain this is to actually break it up into how I got into fitness, then nutrition, and fashion. I'll start with fashion because I know that's the odd man out for everybody. But that's also why we're here. Exactly. And so a lot of people don't realize how much fashion plays a role in their confidence. I'm probably really aging myself here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember like when AOL was the big thing. Yep. Dial up internet. So there were these dolls that you could dress up and I was like eight years old and obsessed with them. And I started drawing them and designing different clothes. And I told my mom, literally at the age of eight, I was like, I'm going to be a fashion designer. And that never went away, like that passion for it. Um, I actually went to fashion school and then I found out that styling was what I mainly wanted to do. Up until that point, I didn't really know that there were different avenues to go. They never gave you the options, honestly. Like, I was going to go to art school and then I graduated and I'm like, okay, now what the fuck do I do? Right. What (laughs) What are my job options? Exactly. I was really fortunate the school I went to. My first semester, I had to take a course called The Business of Fashion and it went over all the different things. And I was like, wait a second. Maybe design. Yeah, exactly. So that's how I got into the styling portion of it. Nutrition, you know, like a lot of people within this industry, I've had my own struggles with nutrition. I grew up watching my mom yo yo diet, had my first experience with an eating disorder when I was 14. I was really lucky that my family caught it right away before it could really turn into anything. Yeah. But there was always that trouble with food there throughout my entire senior year. I just kind of took a, a dive in the wrong direction, yeah. so to speak. Um, and with that came weight gain and I felt really out of control. So I stopped eating. It was the one thing that I could control. Because I did that and was like so hard on my body and cycled literally through all different eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, and continued that cycle for a long time, I actually destroyed my metabolism. And so my thyroid shut down and it took them two years to actually get it under control. All different medications and like part of the reason they had trouble getting it under control was because I was still silently struggling with this disorder. Yeah. Um, I hid it so well for my family. My mom and dad actually literally both told me a couple of years ago that I was like the world's best liar that they had no idea for years. Yeah. So after my experience with that and the experience with the metabolism shutting down and my thyroid, I was like, other people are going through this. Mm-hmm. And I need to help them because there was yeah. nobody there to help me. Yeah. Um, so that's really what propelled the nutrition part. And then fitness, I was always active. My mom used to do like the beach body videos. My stepdad would go for walks every single day. And my dad is just naturally like a very active human being as well. He's a carpenter. There you go. Always yeah. climbing on houses. Like, yeah. So I did cheer. I used to go for the walks. Took a stab at swimming. But that one didn't take. <laughs> I did that for like a split second. Yes. Yeah. It took after well, high I mean, school. I'm like as an adult. Now, so yeah. Yes, exactly. Now, but like, Isn't it funny yeah. the way that that works? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with cross country. So I did cross country for a season. What really stuck were cheer and weightlifting. So my school had weightlifting within it. That's awesome. Yeah. When I was 19, I was in a really, really gnarly car accident. And I had to have knee surgery. And they moved my entire shin over. I was in a brace that literally my entire leg was immobilized for six months. And I had to learn how to rewalk. And six weeks after the knee surgery, I had low back surgery. Wow. Just throw it all at you. Just throw it all at me. Here's how it gets even better. Like, this is what really takes the cake. That went on the same time that I was dealing with my thyroid. Yeah. So I went from being this active girl who was always like this range of like 120 to 135, you know, normal weight, to struggling, you know, even with the eating disorder, the lowest I got was like 115. Mm -hmm. And then because I cycled through so many things there... 
would still be within the range to thyroid shutting down, car accident, all the way up to 195 pounds. That's gotta be tough for you. Yeah. Mental status. It was very tough for my mental status. What sucked was because I was struggling so much with my thyroid, it didn't matter that I was still active, but activity was my saving grace. It had been what I'd known my entire life. After the surgeries, I literally relearned how to walk. I had to relearn my entire body. Luckily, after that, like the thyroid came together. It was kind of like everything happened at once, like the perfect storm, but it came together yeah. within a time of each other. That inspired me at that point to finally be like, I'm going to get certified. Like, I already know I can help people in nutrition. I toyed with the idea of being a physical therapist. Yeah. Know. Yeah. And I think most, you know, most trainers <laughs> most go that route. Think about it. Like, yeah. 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 That's an option. Um, and especially after the experiences that I had had and was fortunate to work as an aide and realized like, nah, I think I like the personal training side of things better. Yeah. And then once the pandemic hit, I decided, so I was doing freelance fashion for magazines, music videos, things like that. So cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which like that, like fed obviously my inner child and it's just something I'm super passionate about. I got, I got fortunate. I'm passionate about two things like that I would do completely for free because fitness and nutrition are separate, but they're still so intertwined. I mean, honestly, I don't think you can have one without the other. No, not at all. Especially when it comes to helping people's mental health. Yeah. So I got really fortunate in the aspect of I would do both of those for free and I am lucky enough to do both of them. Once COVID hit, I combined it all and was like, I should have been giving people this the entire time. I love that. So how does your, like, your fashion styling play into working with clients? So in my program, what I actually do is the first thing we do is a closet perch. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well... I shouldn't say the very first thing, but it's one of the things that's done in the first week. We do an assessment of their body for the fitness portion, an assessment of their eating. And then for the fashion side of it, we literally will go through and do a closet purge because what you're wearing plays so much a role in your confidence, right? Like, and a lot of people don't realize that until they start dressing to suit their body. If you are feeling like crap and then putting on sweatpants, that's just going to fuel that feeling, that was one of the biggest things during COVID for me when I, because I have a lot of old sweatpants that I right. have had like from college when I played ice hockey and like they're baggy as fuck and like right. I don't feel attractive in them, but right. that's what I have. So I put them on and like I'm now working from home. I feel like crap because of what I'm wearing. So right. I, I went online and I was like, I'm just going to buy some fancy sweatpants. So yes. Feel good. Yes. I love that you did that. That's true for a lot of people. A lot of people did realize that during COVID. So if you're working from home and you're in raggedy and clothes yeah how's that even gonna motivate you to work totally yeah my mom has that has that issue too because she I mean she's retired but like she does so many things but it's all from home but she will put an entire outfit on Mm -hmm. put on jewelry put on everything yes and then just go sit at her desk in her office yes yeah well because it sets the mood for it you feel like you're actually even if you are just literally in a different room in your house you feel like you got up and did something productive to start the day and then you're able to be more productive throughout your day as well yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, like, what is your nutrition philosophy for, like, yourself and your clients now? If you want to eat it. Love that. <laughs> yes, please. Yes. Um, I had somebody a few years ago, family friend, but say, like, you know, Caitlin, you look so great. What diet are you on? And I was like, the seafood diet. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I tell my clients is figure out why you actually want the food first. If you want ice cream and you actually sit there for a moment and think about it, and you realize you want it, because it's more of an emotional trigger, whether you're feeling sad, and you're looking to feel happy from it, or you're feeling lonely, and that's something that you did, like, in your childhood, you would go get ice cream with everyone, exactly. Mm -hmm. And if you can recognize that that's the reason that you want it, then don't have it. Sit with it for a couple of days. I teach that to my clients too. I call it appetite awareness. I love so that. Like, I'll have them like think about what emotions you're feeling before you eat something. Mm-hmm. And then also like what level is your stress and what level is your like energy? Are you tired? Yep. That kind of thing. And then after you eat it, how do you feel? Yes. If you are going to eat it. like I absolutely love that. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. It's 
if you are sitting there thinking about it, and I tell my clients this as well, like I said, if you can wait a couple of days, wait a couple of days. But if you wait like an hour and that feeling goes away, great. If you wait and you're still thinking about it all night, just have it because you're going to eat everything else in sight to try to fill that void. That's the same with like shopping. Right. Yes. <laughs> wait 24 hours. If you still want it, then, then go buy it. it. <laughs> Those Jimmy Choo's sure looks nice. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I go over with my clients and myself. The other thing that I do that's actually kind of similar to what you just said is I won't necessarily have them keep that diary of emotions, but I'll have them keep a diary of what their hunger level was when they started eating. Yep. And when they finish eating. I have that as well. Where on the level of stuff are you? Right, exactly. Because <laughs> if you're telling me you're at a 10 and you want to lose weight, then we need to scale back a little bit. And we need to like reestablish what your goals are. Exactly. Like, yeah. Why are we here? <laughs> yeah. So I see a lot on your IG that you post a lot of like meal prep food yes. recipes. Yeah. What are your favorite like meal prepping tips? In the beginning, keep it simple. Yep. If you're new to meal prep, people have this notion that it takes hours and hours of time, but it doesn't need to at all. I mean, you could literally in the very beginning, if you're just trying to get those basics down, go buy a rotisserie chicken for your week. Mm-hmm. And, and deconstruct that into the five different meals. Most people, the reason they don't do it is a time restraint, right? Or they just maybe don't even like cooking. Like I've ran into clients who are just like, no, I just freaking hate cooking. And it's just easier for me to order out. In that instance, things like frozen veggies that you can throw in the steamer or in the microwave to steam them. Honestly, that's a lot of what I talk about. Like... I am a chef, but like, I am also not going to teach my clients, hey, go make this three hour long right. recipe because who the fuck has time for that? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, it's take, 100% pick true. two spices, throw it on some veggies yep. and make that work. I'll get an alligator chopper. It's a slicer in eight different ways. Okay. Yeah. So you have your slicer. It's a grater. And then it's a dicer. That, yes. yes. So you can dice in small size, large size, and all you have to do is cut your zucchini in half and then throw it on there and it chops it for you. I'm also a big proponent of like, rather than like batching meals, Mm -hmm. batch ingredients. Yes. So like make a bunch of rice or potatoes or like whatever. Agreed. And then some people, for the people who like don't really like leftovers, so to speak, I tell them to just get it prepared to throw in the oven. Yeah. Back to the alligator chopper, like if you have something like zucchini, and you have three of them, you don't have to season it all the same way. Use foil in a bigger 9 by 13 pan to separate it into three different things and do three different seasonings. And then you can cook it all at once anyways. Exactly. And then you won't get bored through the week. Some of the stuff that I was having problems with when people would talk about, oh, I need to like meal prep, but like I'll get bored. Like I can't eat the same thing all week. I need variety. And so techniques like that are like super helpful. Yeah. Yes. And it's, all done at the same time and it doesn't like it's not going to take any longer exactly so also on that note what's your like training philosophy like i know you mentioned weightlifting and Mm -hmm. do you make all your clients do strength training the movement component of your training how does that work for clients so like i said i had to relearn my entire body not once but actually twice because after that accident when i was 19 i got in a really small accident at 25 that left me stupidly injured my body took the impact basically of an SUV oh my god so that was a new learning experience as well because of that so when I relearned my body the first time I did take a corrective approach with my clients meaning that we would make sure they were doing the movements properly Properly. right and then really building upon it but when I had to go through the second time with even more injuries it made me take a completely different approach with my clients and that's actually why I My client range, I've literally worked with six-year-olds all the way to 72-year-olds. Oh, wow. Yes. So the reasoning behind this is I do what's called a functional movement screening. And you can look this up. A guy named Gary Cook invented it. I'll put it in the show notes. Yes, there you go. It's very strategically done, but it allows you to see on a very foundational base level what's functioning properly and what maybe needs a little fine-tuning. And the thing is, everybody has these imbalances in their body. I mean, we literally have one ear that's higher than the other. Yeah. (laughs) My entire right side of my body is incompetent. See, well, why? (laughs) Well, I'm left-handed, so I just assume that everything is better on the left side. Okay. 
<laughs> all right. Well, that's a good reason. So that's the approach I started taking with all of my clients. And then each and every one of my programs, whether it's a strength training program, a weight loss program, even my virtual programs where they're not meeting with me regularly, but like just once a week and sending me videos, they all start with that movement screen so that we can make sure it starts with the foundation. Because if you're building on a shitty foundation, it's gonna break. It's gonna break, exactly. And we want a good house, not a bad one. Yeah. Please. <laughs> I mean, I laugh because my house is falling apart, but uh, <laughs> I got a roof, I got walls, we're good. We're good there. Well, um, if it's any condolence, I can literally hear my neighbor's whole conversations because the insulation's oh so bad. <laughs> yeah, welcome to California. Yeah, right? <laughs> Yes, so foundations and build upon it. I have quite a few specialties that I work with. Cancer, all different uh, special populations. Weight loss, obesity, autism. It's very important for them. It's also very important to know what triggers them and helps them focus. Different types of arthritis. Oh, arthritis? No. I really should know this. I did a ride mm. for the Arthritis Foundation like years ago. We had yeah. to ride our bike from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Nice. Yeah. And oh my god. They gave like what every now experience? and then. They started it with lectures on like arthritis. We had people were raising money for specifically and it was pretty cool. That's really awesome. But each and every single program starts, starts with, with that. that. I think the cool thing is, is that it's it's not something that we strictly focus on this for the first 10 hours that we ever work together. We'll focus on it for the first 10 minutes of a session so that we can get all the muscles firing properly. Yeah. And then we can have more fun with it. So you still get to do all of the activities that you love. That's the other thing I should probably mention because some people are like, I don't fucking love activity. <laughs> like... <laughs> A big training philosophy of mine is if you don't love it, we're going to address why. Because if you don't love it because you simply just, it's not for you, you're not feeling it, we're not going to do it. Like, I'm not going to yeah. fucking make you miserable. But if you don't love it because it's an exercise that's hard and challenging, well... That's a little different. That's a little different. You probably need it then and we're going to at least do a variation of it. At least try it. Right. To, like, yeah. My signature coaching program, the first F, because it's the feed method, is find your joyful movement. Because if you love it, you're going to keep doing it. Exactly. I was actually watching one of your videos. One of oh your God. One of your Instagram lives about your feed method. And it was so relatable. And I was like, I love this, Morgan. I know. When I was on your website, I was like, oh, my God, it's the same. It's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We all find each other, right? If you guys don't have a tribe, find yours. <laughs> so what would you say is like your biggest tip for someone looking to lose weight and sort of get into strength training if they were like not yet working with a coach? First and foremost, find a coach. <laughs> right? Yes. Right. There are going to be phases that you go through and you might just be in the contemplative phase of it right now. If you're truly not ready don't waste your money. And there will be a lot of crummy coaches out there who will let you. So if you find that like you thought you were ready and you really thought you were going to do the work, but when you started doing it, you find more often than not you're making excuses not to show up. That's not the right coach for you. Yeah. You definitely should request a different coach because they're allowing you to miss these sessions. But what you really need to do is figure out why you're doing this. Why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to start strength training? That was actually my post yesterday. I was like talking about how you need to be ready, willing, and able mm -hmm. in order to commit to doing a the change. work and the change. And yeah. like if you're not, it, you're not going to see results. No. Because you're not doing anything. Exactly. And so don't waste your time or your money. Or my time. But yes, exactly. Like Please one don't waste my time. Like I love your, it, but... your, your trainer should fire you if you're not ready. Yes. <laughs> How do they know if they're ready? I think some key indicators if you're ready are if it's something you've been contemplating for a while, you've looked at a few different resources, maybe even tried a few different things on your own, but found that you weren't able to stick to them and then sat down and again, just asked yourself, why? Why do I want to do this? What would be my reason behind it? And if you can answer that a couple of times over and challenge yourself, then you're ready. But if you're if you're sitting there going, well, why do I want to do this? I don't know. Sounds cool. You what everybody else is doing. Yes. Yeah. You need to dig a little deeper because if you don't have a bigger reason, that, then you're not going to commit to it. And so I think that's one of the, the biggest things to ask yourself is, why do I want to do this? 
Yeah. And is it for me or is it for somebody else? That's, yeah, that's also a big, big one. I've talked with some people who have issues, sort of, they can't see past where they are Mm -hmm. in their situation. So they have trouble visualizing a future or even really thinking about goals because it's just so far away. Yeah. That is a really tough one. And I've dealt with clients like that before too. Honestly, most of those clients need to be seeing a therapist. Because if you're so stuck in that moment and that tunnel vision and that you literally can't see anything further, you need to be talking to a licensed professional who can help you see further first. That is not my scope of practice. Exactly. Nope. Yeah, exactly. What are you? I am a CTNC, so I'm a certified transformation nutrition coach okay so are you then able to help them with that i can refer them to people but my scope of practice is essentially i'm a coach but i'm not a counselor i am not a therapist and i can't you know i can't help you with mental illnesses or mental challenges of that nature okay so so same thing yeah like we need to have you please go somewhere (laughs) this is step two for you not step one (laughs) come back later yes (laughs) awesome i do tell them to keep saying hi to me though when they're in the gym yeah so tell me about Renewed You. <laughs> so Renewed You um, stands for, the U stands for university. So it is a six-month program that goes over fashion, fitness, and nutrition. So within each cycle, so we do the functional movement screen at the very beginning, right, that I had talked about. We do an assessment of your nutritional habits at the very beginning, and we do a closet purge at the very beginning, which is so hard for a lot of people. Throughout that six months, I teach you about nutrition so that you have all of the knowledge that you need in order to make choices on your own when you don't have a coach and feel like they're the right choices instead of wondering or seeing, you know, this new diet craze in a magazine and wondering, is that the right thing for me? Yeah. Which is why it's called Renewed University. And what I tell people who are coming to me is you have to be willing to put in a couple of hours of work a week in just learning. And it's not just learning nutrition, it's also learning about how nutrition directly relates to you and yourself. Personalized. Yes. We do what's called an an owner's manual. The owner's manual, you know, in the beginning, it's a little bit more work because we dig really deep into reasonings behind things and explanations of certain things. And then the work part tapers off so that you can learn, you know, like, what is a carb? What is the difference between the types of carbs? And there's all different resources that you can go on your own and need. We meet once a week for the nutritional coaching and we actually build habits. I talk a lot to people about habit building and how you can't change everything at once. Was I actually going to ask you about that? Okay. Within the nutrition coaching portion, that's why we meet once a week. First of all, to make sure that you're understanding things. The bigger reason is because we're working on specific habits at a time. If you try to change everything at once, you're going to fail. For sure. Like, 100% like and that's why so many people yo-yo diet is because they try to cut everything out at once and then they go can't do it I had a chocolate f it I'm gonna have the ice cream too you know so we focus on one habit master it build on it master that build on it thinking of it more like legos Mm -hmm. instead a lot of people will actually stay with me for longer than the six months so i do have the option for them to stay an additional six months and do like little refresher courses that are just eight weeks 16 weeks but it really provides you with everything so that you can feel confident in your eating choices for the rest of your life and then the fitness portion we work on those foundational pieces every six weeks we reassess nice that's what i do too is it yeah nice so uh, that's six week mark we'll do the functional movement screen again see how the imbalances are doing build upon that and then the closet clean out happens every six weeks as well so your body changes yeah uh, you know your measurements change the way you even feel about yourself changes as you start to naturally lose weight and feel more confident and healthy in just your natural skin so that's why the closet clean out happens every six weeks as well so what would you say are your like Biggest tips for starting to build a habit. Start small. Here's actually a great example of something I personally did just recently. I have a Stairmaster. I used to use that thing every single day when I lived in New Jersey. Okay, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but it got used a lot. But it was in my basement in New Jersey. So even though I was on the East Coast where it was much colder, it was in my house. It was very convenient 
Now I'm in sunny San Diego, which is lovely and also means that I can have the Stairmaster outside on my patio. However, San Diego weather ranges from yeah. 37 all the way to 90 in one given day. <laughs> you never know. I stopped using it first thing in the morning, which was my habit when I lived on the East Coast. Because it's freaking cold out. Because it's freaking cold out and started using it in the afternoon, which worked because it worked with my schedule. And then COVID came around and there wasn't much to do. And I'm, I live in this beautiful neighborhood that's literally, it's called Fire Mountain. It's literally a mountain. So of course I was going for walks regularly. And that's around the time that the Stairmaster just kind of got covered up and stopped being used. And I was like, this poor thing. (laughs) So in order to get back in the habit of using it regularly, I didn't say to myself, I'm just going to go on this every single day. I said, my goal is to just go on it three times this week for 10 minutes. Make it small. Make Make it it small. Make it small. Make it manageable. So over the course of seven days, 24-7, I just had to carve out 30 minutes to go on it. That made it so manageable because again, it's outdoors. So if it rained one day, I had, so say it was a Monday, right? And it rained that Monday and I had scheduled like, oh, I'm going to do the 10 minutes. If I had that goal of saying I'm going to go on seven days, I would be like, well, I'm screwed already. I've already failed. And exactly. It's not even in my control. Exactly. So start small because there are going to be things that are out of your control and then just build upon it. And what about, like, motivation and willpower? Because, you know, when it's cold, I don't necessarily want to get up and go for that run. Yeah, most people don't. But you do, don't you? I do. Yeah. Why? Because I have a bigger goal. Yeah, exactly. How would you help someone begin to find confidence in their body before it's started changing? Yeah. That's actually why we do the The closet closet purge. purge that very first week. This one is huge. So many people don't realize that they're dressing incorrectly. And that the way you dress can actually make you look bigger than you are. The best way to understand it is, first of all, I have a free confidence blueprint on my website that has a style quiz on it. If you're curious at all, like go Go request it. Yes, you literally get direct access to me and I explain to you what your, your... body shape is. And so what do I mean by that? Right. I'm a pear, right? No, not not at all, girl. Pears and apples, isn't that what that is? Right. Pears, apples, strawberries, hourglass, like, mm, banana. (laughs) So literally there are so many different ways out there. And so I like to use the pear and apple, right? And strawberry. So a strawberry would be somebody who's top heavy. If you're already top heavy and you're putting on this oversized shirt that's flowy, it's going to stop at your chest and flow down. And so how's anybody supposed to know if there's this figure underneath it? It literally makes you boxy instead. Likewise, if you're heavier on the bottom and you're putting on skinny jeans, it's going to accentuate your heavier bottom. So there are ways with your clothes to actually proportion out your body. Some people are super lucky and they have a proportionate body, by the way. But that's the biggest thing that many people don't don't realize. It's so fascinating. It, it Honestly, it actually really is. <laughs> and I'm sure there's so many like other little things. For me, the longest time I, I didn't wear stripes because mm-hmm. it accentuated certain parts of my body that I was mm-hmm. like, mm, uh, how about not? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there are women who are out there who like they have body dysmorphia and think that their hips are 10 times bigger than they actually are. And so they don't wear leggings. Yeah. Or they'll wear a shirt that literally covers, you know, their butt. And they don't realize they're making themselves look bigger if it's not the right shape. When I was a teenager, I wore a lot of like, I wore the really, really big baggy jeans mm-hmm. that had like the massive pockets that you could The 90s fit. look? Yes. That yeah. Was, that was me. And then for the first part of that, I was wearing like these big baggy shirts mm-hmm. too, because I was so uncomfortable in my own body that I was just like, I'm going to hide everything. Yeah. And then my friend who was more overweight than I was, she was wearing like these tiny, tiny shirts. And I was like, if she has the confidence to wear that, then I'm going to start wearing that. And it changed entirely how I saw my body because then I was like, wait, I have a small top. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wait a second. What do I do with this? (laughs) That kind of says something too. Like there, and there are women out there who will wear clothes that are way too tiny. Also guilty of that. But I think, I think everybody goes through that phase when they're trying to figure it out, you know, and 
If it is cutting off the circulation in then your it's legs, probably not it's straight. Control. Exactly. Speaking of which. <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of the, the biggest dial movers, I feel like, to help with the confidence. And that's why we do it right away. Obviously, it's not going to change how you feel about yourself overnight. But it goes a really long way for people to when they get dressed and look in the mirror. And the crazy part is we live in this society where a lot of how we feel about ourselves is based off of people giving us compliments, unfortunately. Yeah. One of the first things that's naturally going to start to happen is like the first sentence people say is like, wow, you look so good, right? And this is one of the ones I hate the most. Wow, you lost so much weight. You look great. And it just kind of gives that like connotation. Like, was I not great before? I had that a lot when I started training for Ironman and Mm -hmm. I got really, really skinny. Mm Mm-hmm probably too skinny but I had people be like oh my god you're so skinny and I'm like but I was never fat right right I literally I was that heavier weight that I mentioned 195 for I think two maybe two and a half years of my life I lost a good portion of that weight quickly once my thyroid like went into effect like the medicine Um, I think it was like 40 pounds that I lost in three months all like because of the medicine and the rest definitely took a little while to come off right So I was probably around like 150 for a while, maybe an additional year, and then went down to like 120, 125. My family to this day, we're talking now almost 10 years ago, will say like, wow, you look so great. You're so tiny. Are you eating? And I'm like, wow. Yeah. The way people say certain things like that, and and a lot of times, like I bet you somebody listening to this podcast right now is really going to start thinking, oh, wow, I do that to people. Yep. Stop commenting on other people's bodies. Yes. Like, just don't do it. Yes, exactly. But if they look really good in their clothes, then that outfit looks so incredible on you. That person's going to feel really good about themselves for the day. And you're not even complimenting on their body. You're commenting on what they have on. I like to comment on things like, oh, I love how you did your makeup. Or I love how you did your hair. Or like whatever accessories you wear. Honestly, shoes. I love your shoes. Who doesn't? Yeah. I'll tell people too, like, you know, if they have really pretty eyes. I feel like that's something that gets overlooked a lot. Except that's the first thing that I look at when I'm like interested in dating someone i'm like mm. do they have nice and eyes and the smile yes. is your smile nice and white do you have a cute little dimple <laughs> let me yeah. show you a picture later <laughs> like you said it's about complimenting something else that they have this on but it's not directly related to their body but they it, also chose it exactly which also means though like now we're reinforcing like this was a great choice that they made and they feel confident in that too yeah, and then they might be like, oh, I'll wear it again because someone said something nice Exactly. Versus, like, how shitty do you feel when somebody's like, oh, it looks a little tight on you. I used to have this thing where I I worked in food service for 13 years. Right. So I work in a kitchen. I didn't really do my makeup that often because it's sweaty. It's just going to yeah. absorb into my skin and I'm going to end up with pimples. and like, Right. So I didn't do it. But every now and then, often when I was going to go clubbing right after work. Love it. I would put on, like, a full face of makeup. Yeah. And someone would always inevitably be like, oh my God, you're wearing makeup. It wasn't even like a nice comment. Right. It was just pointing out the fact that I was wearing makeup. Like, yes, it happens sometimes. (laughs) Yep. What are you supposed to do with that? Thank you. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Was that supposed to be a And I love that when you're like, thank you, I guess. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. It looks really good. And you're like... (laughs) <laughs> I don't really feel that way now. said that. Yes, exactly. So the way we approach people really helps a lot with their confidence. And you should be loving yourself as you are. But again, it's just kind of the society that we live in. And we want to get... Yeah, social media, everything. And so we want to get to a point where it's kind of like a fake it until you make it. Yep. Right? We were literally just talking about that with Justine. Really? Last podcast, yeah. Yeah. So clothing helps you do that. Makeup helps you do that. Yeah. You know, if you know how to use it properly. Took me a while. Yeah. She's still working on it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I think you're fine. Honestly, raving taught me so much more about makeup than I ever thought was possible. Really? Well, because I want to make like these full faces of like artsy makeup. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm a painter, but then how do I use this product in an artsy way Uh. that's going to last a full like 12 hour rave? Right. And then. Setting spray? Yeah, but yeah. like, you know, <laughs> also, you have to realize that it's going to sweat in certain, and like, just, right. you know, 
Well, and the highlighting different areas. I want to come to a rave. Really? You want to come to a rave? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm super curious. It starts at 5 p.m. and it goes until 2 a.m. I love or it. Or 1 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And then you end up dancing for like 20 miles. I love that. <laughs> I love dancing. And my watch is like, are you dead? Yeah. It's like, um, hello. What is it? Yeah. Dancing is one of my favorite things to do. It makes me so happy. Yes. Dancing in the beach. I will say, though, I can't just chill at the beach. Like, I'm working really hard on learning how to take time for myself to, like, calm down and be able to do that. But I'm always like, I need to be doing something. I can't just sit here. Yeah. But I also want a tan, so I'm going to sit here and get a tan because that's bad for me, but I'm going to do it anyways. Exactly. Books helped me. I do read a lot. This sounds so bad, but I literally bring my work to the beach. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel you there, but. Glare is somewhat challenging, but yes. Yeah, but I got like... Do you have a tool for that? I have a tool for it, girl. I got one of those little like mini umbrellas that you clip to your beach chair. Oh, I should get one of those. Yes. Because I have a little beach chair. Yes. That would be so smart. It's in my trunk. I'll show you what. What about colors? Color palettes? Yeah, do colors matter on people? 100%. So, and you know this as an artist, especially now that you play with makeup a little bit more. So some people have cool undertones and some people have warm undertones. And depending on what your undertone is, certain colors are going to look really great on you. And some are just not. Some are going to be like, either wash you out or look like puke. Don't want that. No. No. Absolutely not. So color guide is something that clients get in Renewed You within their very first week as well. So it's actually part of the first closet clean out. They get a whole color guide. They get a little like booklet on how to accessorize to accessories are a big thing. Dude, accessories make an outfit. Totally. Make or break. Honestly, especially in like raving because my clothes are so small, they don't exist. Right. So everything is an accessory. Yes. (laughs) There's Eve over here. Adam and Eve. (laughs) Basically. I love it. But yeah, so colors make a huge difference as well as the shapes. One other thing that is also really helpful, I think, is like if you have holes in your clothes or if you have yes. stains, like you may be still attached to that item, yes. but like let it go. Yeah. So one of the big things is what's the sentimental value behind it? If you tell me this is from my dead uncle and it was the last thing I got from him. Okay, well, we're going to put that in a keepsake box. But if you tell me like, oh, it was from my first boyfriend. Like, we're going to write that down in a journal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Take a picture. Yep. Yeah. Stop sewing the holes. (laughs) Invest in yourself. Invest in the clothes that you're wearing. It's going to make you feel better. What about clothes that people spend money on and then never wear? So that's a really fun one. Um, Because I'm probably guilty of that. Yeah. I think most people are. So when we do the clean out, we have a donate pile, a toss pile, and a keep pile. So how long ago did you buy it? What was the reason and motivation for buying it? Because if it's something you bought as like a weight loss motivation, that's not going to make you feel good. Like how long has it been sitting in your closet that you've been like, one day I'll get into that? Like seven years. Right, exactly. It's great if it's like inspirational to you and it's like one piece. But if it's a few pieces and you're sitting there looking at them and beating yourself up because of it and it's a direction that you're never going to be again then get rid of it the woman or man that you are today is not the woman or man that you were yesterday or who you're going to be in the future like if it's your jeans from high school that you're like one right. day i'll be that size again exactly don't keep those exactly now but, if it's the jeans that i had in college that i loved but i like i painted them mm-hmm. i'm keeping them because i painted you them. painted them exactly and that's a great reason i don't wear them necessarily but you painted them there's a really significant reason yeah. to keep those if it's the clothes with the tags on it how long's it been in your closet why did you buy it? Do you honestly think you're ever going to wear it? And I make clients put on clothes too. Is it and hard for them, to them for you to get them to let go of things? Yes and no. The approach I take to it is even when I do it virtually, they try on their clothes. And I explain to them why it works or why it doesn't work. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Yeah. And so we do it in segments. I'll start asking them, like, what do you think of it? Once they've kind of gotten an idea of all the information, they start telling me, yeah, we're going to put this in the toss pile. Love it. Yeah. Nice. Knowledge is power. What are your favorite workout clothing brands? Athleisure. This is actually a hard one. Mostly because I want new clothes. I love avocado. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Yep. They're so soft. 
<laughs> and their clothes last really, really nice. well. I have not gotten the opportunity to try them, but everything I see, I'm like, I just have so much right now that I know better than to buy something new. I really want to try Carbon 38. Every single piece I've seen and every person I have talked to about them was like top notch. Um, and that was how it was with Avocado had a great reputation. And then I bought it and I was like, oh, I get it now. Zaya Active. One of my girlfriends is a rep for them and they have these pants, these leggings that are called the light and tight and they nicknamed them the tummy tuck. <laughs> so those are great for like the days that you're like kind of like PMSing or feeling mm. bloated. I really love those and they don't go anywhere either. They are like those true, like a lot of pants say they stay and I'm still like tugging at them. These ones really don't go anywhere. I have some leggings that they were running leggings, mm -hmm. but now they're not. They just don't stay up. So I love like Nike and Under Armour, like the big dial movers. Everybody knows those too, right? Yeah. But after a certain amount of time, like they start uh, to feel a little funny. The yeah, they die. Exactly. This company is actually out of San Marcos here in California. I just recently started shopping from them probably about eight months ago. And they not only have a lot of really cute items, but they're closed fairly nicely as well. They're called Ethos. So I really like them as well because they have some like, they have cute like sweaters, but then they also have, you know, your functional workout clothing. I feel like I have workout clothes that are so old that they don't work anymore. Like right. I have some sports bras that are like crunchy because yes. the elastic is dead. Right. And so you you should be getting a new one and I need to get a new one but my brain is like but I but I need to save it like I could use it for a bike workout where I'm not bouncing no, no. girl <laughs> no get rid of it Just get rid of it yeah Oof. it's fine Think of it this way. It's the investment of like, I don't know, a lot of people I think don't don't think about it this way either until they actually try it and they're like, oh no, that actually really makes sense. It's the same thing with getting dressed to work from home. Right? Getting dressed to work out. Getting yeah. dressed to work out. If you feel good about the clothes you're in, you're probably going to have a better workout. And you're more likely to do it. Exactly. Like, I'm going to look cute. I'm going to put this on. Exactly. So if you're putting on, even if it is just to go for that bike ride, like you're doing it now out of habit and that willpower versus a motivation of like a weight loss, right? Yes. Well, I guess your motivation is your triathlons. Yeah. Racing. Yeah. Performance. Yeah. So if you're signed up for a race, then you're going to go do it. But are you going to want to like go for a bike ride out in public in a crunchy sports bra? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I Honestly, every single time I put it put it on in the last yeah. like two weeks, I've been like, Morgan, you need to get rid of this. See, you you already, <laughs> already know. You already know. Do you know? I'm not a huge fan of Victoria's Secret. I've never worn their sports bras, but I used to only wear their like actual bras. Uh, okay. And then during COVID, I stopped wearing bras. Okay. And yeah. All of my previous bras from Victoria's Secret were like underwire. Okay. And now I put one on and I can last like, like five minutes, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I can't. What I feel like this? I live in sports bras now from COVID. I'm not a fan of Victoria's Secret regular bras, but I like their sports bras. Okay. They have pretty good sales on them, but you have to get the right sport. That's what I will say about it. That is always the challenge. Yes, exactly. Brooks Running Company, they make awesome sports bras. I like their shoes. Yes, well, they, they're sports bras. They literally make them that you can put them on like a regular bra. And then they also have some that like, you know, they hook in the back, but they also have a strap up top. So when you're all sweaty, you can literally shimmy out of it. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah, because that's the hardest part. When it's all wet, I'm like, I can't take this off. Yes. Nope. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> beautiful what are your favorite movement exercises for yourself i know you run but yes. like as far as like strength training what do you like to do uh, the range is like honestly a lot a lot and it depends on my mood too mm -hmm. love a good deadlift working the entire back side of the body which the back side of your body has your two largest muscle groups your glutes and lats so you're getting like the most bang for your buck with that when you're doing it properly and you're getting a shit ton of core control with it too so it's definitely one of my favorite moves, whether it's the traditional deadlift or an RDL or a straight leg with the dumbbells. Like there's also a lot of variations of it, which is nice. So you don't get bored with it. Yay, variety. If I'm like feeling really spicy, I like to box or do Tabata style okay. or a hit style. Fine. Yeah. I find like Tabata and hit style. What I love about them is they go by quick. They keep you moving. They torch calories. Like whether you're doing it for your weight training, which you can't obviously go super height and yeah. weight when you're doing it that way but it's just nice to throw in that variation especially if you're shorter on time that's one of the reasons why I love it is it's short but effective I guess I would also want to ask you 
you've gone through so much in your life. It's gotta be really hard for you, but like also you've found your strength and you've found your passion and your mm -hmm. ability to keep going yeah. and, and get through the challenges. How did you find that like drive to keep going? One of the funny things about you asking that, like, is that one of the phrases I like that, like, gets under my skin. Oh, God. Right? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. But, like, and, like, not even in the way of, like, it makes me mad, but it just, like, makes me cringe a little is when people are like, oh, don't get old or getting old sucks with, like, my, like, clients who are a bit older. And I'm like, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think the hardest part that I currently go through. So like at the time it was happening, the hard things and what kept me going were I literally couldn't even babysit and play with my niece and nephews anymore. Yeah. And I came from a background of always being active. It's something that was naturally in me. Like I'm not the type of person who can sit still to begin with. I get that. Yeah. And so I knew like, I mean, I was 19 in the first one, 25 in the second one. I didn't want to live my life not being able to do things. And luckily for me, like I had so much knowledge of the human body and the movement system that I knew better than to let my muscles atrophy. Or just like accept that state. Exactly. Yeah. Because this is the thing, and this is what so many people don't realize, is that when you stop moving, you get worse. Mm -hmm. Your muscles literally all start to kind of like die down around it. So... By strengthening and keeping those muscles strong around your injury, you're actually protecting it even further. And that kept me going along with, like I said, like I had nieces and nephews that were asking me, I look fine. Even then I looked fine. And KK, why can't you do this? What do you, your back hurts? You can't run? Like, you know, and so I knew that in order for me to be able to continue to do stuff with them the way that they were used to and to be able to like really enjoy my life, I just had to keep going. That's what really helped me then. Now it's a matter of like, not only do I want to teach people this and bring awareness to the fact that like people are going to look fine, but it doesn't mean that everything is fine. But I also want to be able to live like a long life where I can have fun and do all the things that and keep up with people and like go to raves like I couldn't dance for years and it's one of my favorite things to do you know and so that's what keeps me going and and I mean you want to go live your life exactly yeah. lucky for me like it's so rewarding and refreshing to be able to help other people see that and do the same thing I mean I feel the exact same way that's why I left the food service because it was not fulfilling and right. it was literally killing me right and then I was like now I have this thing where I'm like I actually get to help people exactly what? like that's what? awesome yeah exactly and, and I get to help people realize that life is worth living yes 100% it's really interesting watching the shift within in them when they realize like that they were limiting themselves i just didn't want to be limited what is one thing that you wish the world knew about how they treat people who aren't as able as they are oh that's a tough one. <laughs> oh my gosh i had probably been like three and a half years into recovery from my second accident and even though i didn't have any search or actually i had one knee surgery with that one but like I didn't have everything that was recommended and I'm glad that I didn't, but we went to Paris and I had just started getting these knee injections. And one of my biggest things at 29 years old was, am I going to be able to walk around and enjoy this? And I had a handicap card too. Yeah. Because literally my spasms that I would have in my lower back were so bad that it would immobilize my entire right side of my body. And it was extremely painful. So we went to go get on an elevator in the Louvre and they were like you don't look disabled and I didn't have my actual oh. handicap card on me Fuck. don't judge books by their color <laughs> if there's one thing I can say just because you see somebody who looks like super fit understand that there was probably a really big struggle to get there and even if there wasn't you don't it's know. not your place yeah. to judge yeah my biggest thing is stay humble and stay in your lane <laughs> mind your business yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, awesome. I have loved having you on my podcast. Thank you. I've loved being on it. Where can people find you and what services do you offer? So you can check out my website. It is www.341fitness.com. Link it in the show notes. Yes, please do. And then um, 
on Instagram pretty regularly. It's a little bit longer of a handle. So it's Caitlin Del Duca underscore 341 Fitness. If you just type in 341 Fitness, I'll come up. Yeah, when you go to the website, you can read some of my story on the blog. I have recipes on there, so definitely don't miss that portion of it. And you can see all the different services too. Perfect. Beautiful. So I also love to ask all of my guests, all three of you so far. I feel honored to be one of the first three. Yay. What are the top three things that you do to feed your health? Yeah. I love that question. So a huge thing for me, and this actually goes back to what we were talking about with the beach and finding time to sit still. A huge thing for me that I have been working on for the past year is carving out at least three days where it's just 10 to 15 minutes of me time and me time only. And like where I literally have nothing because some people can hear that and be like, okay, my workout time is me time. But I mean, like literally I could just sit and soak in the sun if I wanted to that beach time vibe. The nice thing is I carve out the 10 to 15 minutes, but it could turn into more, which is is nice. Do you put that on a schedule? I do. Yeah. Awesome. So that's actually my next thing. So I pre-plan my week every Sunday. Um, I keep gaps for the unexpected. I literally will have like a half hour gap in case something unexpected comes up. And I'll put that next to in certain instances, if it's a day where I have the 10 to 15 minute like me time, I might block out that entire hour. So I have the option to either do something that's on my to-do list, or if I wanted to, I could take that entire hour. I think that's so important. Super important. I learned that the hard way, like most people. (laughs) Didn't we all? Yes. And then I always make sure to have veggies stocked in my fridge or freezer and then get it in at every single meal. Like try to have a vegetable with your breakfast because it'll set you up for the day. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you end up going to dinner and you're like, shit, I haven't had a single veggie. (laughs) Honestly, that is one of the first things that I teach in the nutrition portion of my programming Is is that just start adding veggies to every meal. Yeah. If you're having a sandwich, put some arugula or spinach in it. Love it. Vegetable. Yeah. Check. Yep. I love that. It makes a big difference. I'll never forget. I had a client. They were telling me what they had for the day. And I was like, where were your veggies? And he's like, oh, I had a piece of lettuce and a piece of tomato on my burger. Mm. I was like, "Hmm, that's a good good start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it is a good start. (laughs) I also like I'll make savory oatmeal. Mm. And then I'll put like peas or beans or like some other kind of veggie in it. I used to put tomatoes in mine. Yeah, a little like Mm -hmm. mini tomatoes. Mm -hmm. It's super tasty. A little salt. Turmeric and ginger and soy sauce. Ooh, I love that. Oh my gosh, I'm going to try that. Hello. (laughs) on my Instagram. Okay, look that one up. All right. Well, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And peace out. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,